From Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, this is the KZYX News for Friday, July 29th. I'm Sarah Wright. This week, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission issued two decisions that water interests in the Eel and Russian River watersheds have been waiting on for months. On Wednesday, the Commission approved a drastic reduction in the flow of water through the Potter Valley Hydropower Project into the east branch of the Russian River. The Potter Valley Irrigation District will continue to receive 50 CFS on demand, but the flow of 75 CFS into the east branch has been reduced to 5. The variance is effective immediately, and the change started to go into effect by 2 o'clock on Thursday afternoon. PG&E still owns the project, though it recently submitted a 30-month schedule for decommissioning, which FERC approved. PG&E argued that it needed to reduce the flow in order to preserve the infrastructure at Lake Pillsbury and the cold water pools for fish habitat. Charlie Schneider is the coordinator with the Salmon and Steelhead Coalition, a partnership among Trout Unlimited, California Trout, and the Nature Conservancy. He said early models indicated that in order to preserve the cold water pools, the variance should have been implemented by July 15th. We're glad the variance is, is was finally approved, um, but yeah, I think we need to to better understand and you know look at those models to really you know see what's going to happen later this summer and if, if uh, you know it did in fact come too late. He explained why conservationists are interested in preserving the thirty thousand acre feet of storage in Lake Pillsbury. You know, big deep reservoirs, uh, the the water stratifies and the water in the bottom part of the dam you know, is, is cooler than the water at the top. The more water you're able to retain in there, the more cold water there is at the bottom of the lake. And that's the water that gets released from the low level outlet. So it's really about preserving, you know, water temperature in that 12 mile reach between Scott and Cape Horn dams, making sure that water is a cool enough temperature to be habitable for salmonids. Elizabeth Salamone, the general manager of the Mendocino County Russian River Flood Control and Water Conservation Improvement District, expects drastic changes for a lot of human water users on the other side of the diversion tunnel. It is unusual for curtailments to cut into what we call the pre-1914 grouping. We do expect the curtailments to cut back into that pre-1914 category, but we won't know for sure until the State Water Board issues their findings and curtailment notices. Salomon expects the state will allow Upper Russian River water users enough water to meet human health and safety needs, which is 55 gallons per person per day. Some urban water suppliers have other sources, including groundwater or recycled water. And some farmers, as well as urban centers, have contracts to divert stored water from Lake Mendocino. So not everyone will go completely without water. The commission also delivered an ambiguous opinion refuting the claims of environmental groups that the commission has the authority to amend the Potter Valley Project's new annual license to include more protection measures for wildlife. The license for the project expired on April 14th. Within days, a group of conservationists and fishermen filed a 60-day notice of intent to sue PG&E under the Endangered Species Act. The group wanted a new round of improved mitigation measures, arguing that the commission had discretion over whether or not it granted the annual license. The commission rejected that argument, saying that it was required to issue an annual license after the old one expired. And while it also denied the coalition's call for an Endangered Species Act consultation, it did consult with NIMFS to require PG&E to monitor water in parts of the Eel River in Lake Pillsbury. Commissioner James Danley concurred, but asked if it was fair to require ratepayers to finance the studies. Schneider thinks the solution is simple. You know, he's sort of complaining about new operational measures, you know, while PG&E is no longer seeking to operate the project. But it's like, 
the way to solve that is to get your facilities out of the river, right? To get your dams out of the river. And then there won't be operational measures for you to need to comply with. He, you know, he's sort of arguing like, oh, you guys should just let PG&E kill fish, you know, while they're decommissioning this project. You shouldn't worry about it since they're, but, you know, we actually care about fish every year, right? Over the next couple of years while they're decommissioning this project, we want to make sure those fish are in good shape. And he's saying, you know, right. orders requiring compliance frequently entail compliance plans, which can take years. It's like, well, you know, they're not really going to do what we tell them for a long time. So why would we bother telling them to do something? Well, it's also like you're the people that can tell them to do it faster, Ferk, Danley, right? Like <laughs> they take years. It's like, yeah, because you let them take years, right? Cooperation in the allocation of water rights, often referred to as the California Water Wars, is rare. But on July 1st, the state approved a first-of-its-kind voluntary program in the Upper Russian River where senior water rights holders agreed to share their water with juniors. That program is contingent on project water that won't be available under the reduced flows, but Salomon remains optimistic. About half of the water that's represented in water rights in, in the Upper Russian River signed up for the program. That's significant. That is a fantastic result for a pilot project. So what will happen now um, is that the program will essentially go on pause. It won't be canceled. It will just be on pause. So it continues to be a communication tool. All of the participants will receive information on their water allocation, for which most of them, it will now go to zero. But as soon as conditions change, let's say we get a nice big rainstorm in October or maybe even September, fingers crossed, then the participants will be notified and their water allocation will um, go up as appropriate. So I'm really proud of um, our Upper Russian River folks. This was a grassroots stakeholder built program that took about two years to put together. And um, we are sticking with it, even if we have to hit the pause button. We, we're going to use it as a, a permanent tool in our toolbox, I hope. For KZYX News, I'm Sarah Wright. For all our local news, with photos and more, visit kzyx.org. You can also subscribe to the KZYX News Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.